guys. It's the Marv Cutler Show. Now, Marv Cutler. <laughs> it's getting stronger and stronger every time we do the show. Isn't it? Yeah. I just want to tell you, though, Mr. Pete, yeah. Later on in the show, I'm going to talk about the sissified game of baseball. Oh. And, and the proof that I have today is the exact anniversary. But we'll talk about that later. Sounds good. Okay. I just want to mention now the, uh, in here in Las Vegas, the, uh, the Las Vegas Little Fiesta does some really terrific work. And uh, they just recently had a show called Beehive. The '60s musical, which was it's a really fun show, and, and their new season's coming up, and some of the shows they're going to be putting on is uh, the Birds, um, what the Butler saw company, a view from the bridge, in their main stage, and in their black box they'll be doing shows like Time Stand Still and The Whipping Man. So if you're in Las Vegas, uh, if you live here, or if you're visiting uh, during the season, which will open on September 8th. Um, the Las Vegas Little Theater has some uh, nice shows coming up this season, and they do a terrific job, and I really enjoy uh, seeing the shows at the Las Vegas Little Theater. The Baladi Cafe, authentic Mediterranean cuisine, the house of heroes. Now, let me tell you, this is a, a really nice restaurant. They're in uh, North Las Vegas at, on uh, Lone Mountain. And I'll, they have um, some really nice food. That, by the way, they're hollow, uh, supervised. And uh, I, I want to tell you about the uh, the lentil soup. It's wonderful. The the, um, the lamb and beef um, shawarma, uh, the best shawarma since I've had since I came back from uh, Jerusalem. Um, also, um, the wonderful uh, uh, drinks like their specialty, the uh, mint tea, iced tea. Really, a terrific iced tea and uh, mint flavored, and uh, and of course they have the uh, the Greek coffee and the, the piece de resistance is the uh, pistachio baklava, pistachio baklava. So the Baladi Cafe in North Las Vegas, um, they're a, a wonderful uh, little restaurant. It's a it's a little tiny um, sort of um, takeout type looking place, and um, I'm sure uh, if you get over there, you'll you'll really. And enjoy the food. Now, let me tell you about uh, some products. And um, first, I want to mention the Buddha board, inspired by the Zen idea of living in the moment. You simply paint on the surface with water, and your creation will come to life in bold design. And then, as the water slowly evaporates, your art will magically disappear, leaving you with a clean slate and a clear mind. Check out Buddha board at buddhaboard.com, and you'll be happy. That you did now. A couple of um, items that I really want to talk about uh, musically, uh, because I I like musical items and especially items that, that are thought about for for people that have situations um, where um, they they have some problems uh, with health and they want to um, uh, help them out. So first thing I want to talk about is troubadour music. Luke Chord Changer. Now, many years ago, um, there was a TV star, Arthur Godfrey, who played ukulele, and he uh, came up with a product, uh, a chord um, changer, that you put on the, um, the end of the uh, fretboard, and, um, and if you had, instead of playing the, uh, the strings, you could just press these buttons, and it would change the chords for you. So, um, that was an interesting product. It hasn't been around for years. Um, I found it in some ways used, but now uh, Troubadour Music has come up with a U chord changer, even bigger than the one Arthur Godfrey's put out. And um, it's a wonderful item, especially, you know, if you have arthritis and you have um, problems with your fingers and you can't play the strings. Uh, this really, really, really helps, especially if you want to play the ukulele. And it also comes with a terrific... Uh, 82 songbook. It's a fun songbook. It's, it's not, you know, big time music. It's just a fun songbook. There's 82 songs in it. 
and it comes with the uh, with the Uke Changer. So if you want to check them out, go to ukechanger.com, and maybe someday, maybe someday, you will play like the great Israel, Izzy, um, the uh, the big Hawaiian guy, the late Izzy, who played a wonderful um, ukulele, as, and they also sang it. His uh, is Izzy, and I, you know, unless you can pronounce his name, Pete, we'll just go with Izzy and his uh, Over the Rainbow. Music in the background, and um, 
Michael Johnson, who's a um, fellow up in Utah, he he created a, a Digibox. And the, the Digibox is an amazing little um, item. It's, it, it works the same like a real Digibox, but it's only about six inches wide and about nine inches long. And it's a beautiful piece of uh, wood. And um, it's, um, when you blow it, it's just as difficult to play as a, as a real, regular Digibox. And it makes the same sounds. And uh, I mean, and when I say difficult, you, until you get used to the breathing, uh, that's that's the way it works. So if you want to check out the didgeridoo maker from Marco Johnson, go to rounddoor.com. That's rounddoor.com. And um, check out um, uh, Marco Johnson's Digibox. This is a wonderful product, and um, uh, I love it. And uh, it's really helped me with the sleep apnea. And if we can bring up that didgeridoo music, that's uh, for another minute or so that would really be nice That's a little bit of sounds of the didgeridoo. It's a very interesting uh, music. Mm, kind of sounded like Matt Ryan in that Super Bowl game versus the Patriots. Ah, mm, ah, <laughs> ah. Check out the round door. Exactly. <laughs> and check out this Digibox. It's a fabulous instrument. Um, a few more products I want to I want to mention here. I, I want to mention. Um, by the way, you know those little uh, uh, wheels that you put on your fingers and you spin them around. Uh, the finger spinners, have you seen them? Yeah. So anyway, uh, anyway, in L.A., there's a store called L.A. Times Square, and they're on East Los Angeles Street in L.A., and they get the most uh, unbelievable supply of um, of um, finger spinners I've, you've ever seen, and they're all different prices, but if you mention Marv Cutler sent you, uh, you, can, you can get any one you want for only five bucks. So uh, that's that's. Didgeridoo—that's uh, the uh, finger spinner. Now, also, if you want some great sunglasses, um, you got to check out. This is a company that's in actually in Clearwater. Believe it or not, they're in Clearwater, but um, they're called West Coast Sunglasses. Maybe because they're on the west coast of uh, Florida. West Coast Sunglasses, and they're at um, um, they're on Facebook at uh, WC Sunglasses. Um, and you can check them out at uh, and check out all their sunglasses. They have really, really, really fun sunglasses, all the different types, and uh, I, I know you like them. And uh, also, let me mention um, Acoustic. Acoustic is a, a great company. They make professional audio, and if you want to check out all their audio equipment, you can go to acoustic.com. That's A K O U S T I Q. A-K-O-U-S-T-I-Q, acoustic.com. They have speakers, they have uh, uh, amplifiers, they have uh, radios, uh, wonderful um, professional audio, acoustic. So check them out. And um, if you're in the business of buying general merchandise because you're a wholesaler or you you have a store, check out the great products from Region Products at regionproducts.com. Do we have Marcy? No, we do not. Okay. All right, let me tell you about JBJ. Now, when I say JBJ, I don't mean Jackie Bradley Jr. I'm, I'm talking about Jody Bombardier Jewelry. Jody Bombardier Jewelry is a, makes men's and women's fine leather bracelets, copper bracelets, cuffs, chokers, and necklaces, custom stamped and laser bracelets. 
Um, and Jody and her son Luke, they do a terrific job. They make these wonderful, wonderful um, um, pieces of jewelry. And um, uh, they have a beautiful, beautiful line. And uh, I'm sure that uh, if you check them out at jodybombardier.com, that's J-O-D-I-B-O-M-B-E-R-D-I-E-R.com, jodybombardier.com. And... Um, I'm going to give one of their bracelets away and with the Greek key on it, a leather bracelet with the Greek key. And um, the question is, what does Quincy Jones have in common with, oh, man, I, I lost my train of thought at the, uh, who is the star of Alfie? Who is the star of what? Alfie, the movie Alfie. Uh, oh, Michael, Michael King. I lost my train of thought. But anyways, the question is, who, what does Quincy Jones, a great uh, conductor and composer and musician, have in common with Michael King? And the number is? 727-441-3000 or 866-826-1340. If you're listening online, tantalknetwork.com. Tantalk1340.com, and of course, if you got one of those handy-dandy smartphones, make sure you download the TuneIn Radio app. Look for the Tantalk Radio Network to hear the show along with all the fine shows on this radio station. Back to you. You didn't pay for that plug. (laughs) 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 Anyway, you know, I'm, I'm, um, um, as most of my listeners know, um, besides being on on radio, I, I also have a uh, healing practice, and I do pain therapy, and um, I came across an amazing, amazing uh, bracelet, a cuff, and um, I'm going to offer them uh, for sale on the show, but let me tell you about them. These are adjustable magnetic copper cuffs. Now, these are pure copper. These are not mixed with any other metals like uh, lead or anything else. This is pure copper cuff with Magnet. That's right, eight magnets. And um, wearing a magnetic copper cuff relieves fatigue and improves blood circulation. And also, it's it's um, it's, it's good for pain, and, and especially with the magnets, it, it eases pain. As a matter of fact, I have a torn rotator cuff and a, and a torn shoulder muscle, which I'm not going to uh, have any work done on. And I've been wearing this since I've been wearing this cuff. I have absolutely no pain either of those things on my shoulder. And um, they're available to my listeners. Uh, you can order them from me uh, for only $36. And um, I will include the shipping in that $36. So it's a great deal. Uh, if you want one of these magnetic copper cups, pure copper now, um, you can send it, You can order from me. It's $36, including the shipping. Uh, Marv Cutler. P.O. Box 46621, that's P.O. Box 46621, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89114. That's P.O. Box 46621, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89114. Okay, now, let me tell you about, uh, you also know that I'm a hat guy, I love hats, and wherever I go, I come up with a different hat. And let me tell you about one of my favorite hat manufacturers, so when you're on the, out in the market looking for hats, check out these hats. Check out hats made by Peter Grimm. That's Peter Grimm. He's a, I think he's in, I'm pretty sure he's from San Diego. And he um, has wonderful hats. And most hat stores carry Peter Grimm hats. How do we have Marcy? Still working on it. Still working on it, okay. So, um, I was at the... Um, a Comic Con uh, here in Las Vegas, uh, not the big one in San Diego, but the the Comic Con here in uh, Las in Las Vegas, and I met some very strange but interesting people, and I want to tell you about. It. First, I want to tell you about Shark Robot, SharkRobot dot com. They make wonderful T shirts uh, with all your uh, favorite comic book. Um, um, items um, uh, and characters and whatever. I got one that has a uh, picture of High Noon on it, like in the movie High Noon. And um, you can check out the Shock Robot store. That's the Shock Robot store. 
and they go up to size 6X. That's right, 6X. So check out shockrobot.com and check out their wonderful, wonderful T-shirts. Um, also, I want to uh, give a shout-out to uh, Ross Ariel, who's with Storm King Comics, and he has uh, wonderful um, uh, comic books, uh, uh, book-type comic books, and uh, you can check him out at stormkingproductions.com. That's Storm King, stormkingproductions.com. But my favorite person that we I met at the uh, Comic-Con was... Um, Rachel Walker and David Cohn, and Rachel is a is a wonderful artist, and she does really, really, really nice work. And um, uh, I can't say enough about about Rachel's work. Um, she she does. Um, I get a couple of prints uh, of her work, uh, and she does like watercolors and so on and forth. And she made the most fantastic um, print uh, pictures uh, portraits of. Frankenstein and the Bride of Frankenstein. That that are really fabulous. And she also makes some of the jewelry. So check out Rachel Walker's uh, website at at her. Let me see. Edgeoftheworldart.com. Edgeoftheworldart.com is also on Facebook. Uh, Edge of the World Art and uh, and Twitter and wherever else you can find her. Or you can check her out at the Gallery Soho in Montclair Plaza in Montclair, California. Upper level next to uh, the Nordstrom. Okay. And unless we have um, Marcy on the line, let's have um, Anna Crowell and Fly Me to the Moon.
Isaiah Thomas. What do you mean? What do you do with Isaiah Thomas? What do you do with them? They don't. They both play the same position. Basically, but um, um, but they could they could they could they could um, you know play off each other. That'd be that'd be great. Guess you could do that. I don't know if it would work out, but. Uh, he, Boston isn't one of his teams that are on his list right now. It's like the Spurs, the Knicks. I think eventually he'll end up with the Knicks. Probably, but I, I think the best trade uh, for the Cavs would be uh, would be Marcus Morris and two draft choices. Well, you're probably right. Is it Marcus Morris or Marcus Smart? No, Marcus Morris. Oh, okay. And the, the Celtics picked up Marcus Morris. They traded. They traded. They still could be traded Avery Bradley for him. Okay. So. No, Avery's gone, so, um, so I, think, I think Kyrie would fit in nicely anyway. I think they have to give up more than that. If I'm the Cavs, I'm asking for more than Marcus Morris and two draft picks. I'm asking for another player. I would say, like, um, the kid you drafted out of Duke, Tatum. Oh, no, you don't want to give up Tatum. That's, uh, that's a, that would be a mistake. Uh, no, no, I agree with that. I, I just think that's what the Cavs would want, especially LeBron, because they were trying to do a trade with the Phoenix Suns and uh, Josh Jackson was discussed uh, because LeBron was uh, doing some research on him, and uh, he really liked him. And Phoenix did not want to give up Josh Jackson for Kyrie Irving. Well, how about Al Horford? Are they going to take that contract? I mean, where do you put him on on the Cavs right now? You know, I just I'd like to see Horford out of Boston. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of people who like to see him out of Boston, but the problem is somebody's going to take that bloated contract. I don't know. I don't see it happening with the Cavs. Cavs got. Uh, they have got no space for Horford, I could see. I mean, you got Tristan Thompson there. You got Kevin Love. You're going to ship Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving out? That's not going to happen. Well, you know, uh, you know what they, it, it, the smartest thing for the Cavs would be, would be to get rid of the, 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 the problem guy. And that would be LeBron James, right? Absolutely. <laughs> He's leaving next year. I mean,. That's that's the writing on the wall. That's what I could see. That's why I believe Kyrie Irving's going to leave the Cavs because he knows that this is going to be a rebuild. He doesn't want to be a part of it. Yeah. If he wanted to be a part of it and the rumors were true, he would just stick around. But he doesn't want to stick around. He wants to either go to somebody else's team and be the focal point, which doesn't make any sense because the teams that he's picking, the Knicks, he would not be the focal point. It would be Pazingas. Picks the Spurs. It's it's uh, Kyrie Leonard, right? Okay, he picks the uh, any other team. There's another superstar. If you want to be the focal point, stay with the Cavs. And then in saying that, if you're the focal point on the Cavs when you were there and LeBron wasn't there, how good were you? Not very good. So I don't know what he's doing. Well, I don't know, but uh, you know, um, he's, uh, I, I I would guess you know that. He would probably end up going. Uh, Kyrie would end up going to the Knicks. But anyway, did anybody win my contest? Nobody called yet. No. Oh, okay. I guess so. I'm going to give the answer anyway, um, because um, you know, somewhere along the line, I may um, I may run this contest again. Quincy Jones and Michael Kane were, were both born on the on the same. Um, Day on the same hour. Very interesting. Yeah. You're so a smart man. Both, that's what they both have in common. And just to show you how smart I am, I'm going to talk to you about the sissified game of baseball. Uh-oh. Now, you can use this on your great sports show. See, I'm giving you another free plug. 
I know, you but you, you never call it. You never listen. It's like a religious day for you. I get it. I understand, but... You understand the reasons why I can't do that. I understand but, it. But I'm going to allow you to talk about this on your radio show, but you better give credit to where, where it came from. Okay. All right? All right. On July the 14th of this year, the Red Sox were playing the devil team. I'm allowed to say that because, you know, I really dislike the Yankees. <laughs> no, I couldn't tell. You're a Red Sox fan. If you love the, if you don't like the Yankees, then of course you're not a Red Sox fan. Every Red Sox fan hates the Yankees. Every Yankee fan hates the Red Sox. It's, right. It's mutual. But anyway, anyway, I on July 14th the Yankees played the Red Sox, and um, Ben and Daddy walked in the ninth inning to bring in the winning run. It was a walk-off walk. Hmm. Now, in that nine-inning game, the Yankees used five pitches. The Red Sox used three pitches. Total of eight pitches for both teams. Now, on August the 7th, which is today's the anniversary, correct? August the 7th? Mm-hmm. 1956. The Red Sox played the Yankees. And the pitcher was Don Lawson. And the game was tied the ninth, in the 11th inning. The game was tied. The first three batters were on, got on base with no outs against Don Larson. Now, you got to understand what I'm saying. Don Larson was still pitching into the 11th inning. Sure. Crazy, right? Right. And the Yankees brought in Tommy Byrne. And Tommy Byrne gave a walk-off walk for the Red Sox to win that game. Hmm. So, Norm Larson pitched into the 11th inning, and Willard Nixon pitched into the 11th inning for the Red Sox. That was also the same year that Don Larson threw that uh, perfect game in the World Series. Unbelievable. Yeah. And not many, and, and what, play, what pitches in those days have you ever heard of? That had Tommy John surgery or anything similar to Tommy John surgery. I'll give you one because this is always a point of contention with people talking about baseball today and baseball back then. People say Sandy Koufax. Koufax pitched so many innings that his arm looked like it was going to fall off. Right, right, right. That, so it happened to it happened to Koufax. You know, he was a great he was a great pitcher. Sure, but it happened. You know, but other other than Colfax, who else had this kind of surgery? Well, you don't know because uh, back then it really wasn't around. So it makes you think either A, they were hiding injuries, which is certainly possible, or B, the pitchers were strong enough that they didn't necessarily have to do, per se, lifting weights and this and that and the other thing. Because I think some pitchers go overboard with the lifting the weights and getting in the shape and doing things that their body isn't used to, and then they try to go out there and perform at the highest level, and it doesn't necessarily work out. I'm with you on this. Like, I don't understand it. People say, well, they're athletically better in this generation than they were back then. Well, how so? Why do some players have to do steroids in this generation, and the players back then didn't have to do it? Why do players getting hurt more in this generation than they get did back then? I don't know. Things that make you say, hmm. But Don Larson pitching into the 11th inning. Willard Nixon pitching into the 11th inning. What happened (laughs) today? No closers, no holders, none of that. That's why I say the game of baseball is a sissified game. I'm not saying sissified. What I will say is they they put a lot of credence into statistics these days. War... On base percentage plus slugging, third time around, 
uh, going through the uh, lineup. They look at all that stuff now. They didn't look at that back then. They didn't look at the, all those statistics that were hidden or there. They didn't look at it like they do these days. So let's talk about, let's talk about football, for instance. Mm-hmm. All right. In football, in the old days, the teams, the, the players played offense and defense, correct? Yes. They also wore leather helmets, correct? Mm-hmm. And... Don't you don't you believe like I do that the uh, the these the helmets that they wear today are, are, are the cause of all these concussions and all these problems that the NFL players are having and and um, you know in those days you, not much of that was happening because they wore these leather helmets. Well, you know the reason why you had to wear the helmets you wear today is because players are going so much faster now. There's bigger players that are going faster than back then. I believe that. I also believe there's such an emphasis now on concussions and, and players' health and people passing away and getting dementia. We had a player down here by the name of Brian Price who was just in Michigan. He just ran through a glass window for no reason. And the reason was he he's had his wife and him thinks he has CTE. So it's an interesting point. I mean, I don't know if they were as fast as they were back then as they are now. So it's crazy. The game has definitely changed to a certain degree. They had to change the game because there were too many players passing away. And there were too many lawsuits coming down the pike. It's not necessarily just about player safety. It's about money. It's always about money. It's always about money with the NFL and Roger Goodell. So they had to do something. I mean, do I necessarily like the way the game has changed? Not necessarily, but you know what? I'd rather have a game then no game at all. And that's where we're getting to. Once right. all these players decide to sue the NFL, the NFL would have to start thinking about, you know, they have a lot of money, but what's going to happen in the future when all these parents don't allow their kids to play football because of the concussions? So it, it's something to think about. I know what you're saying with the leather helmets, but e- even then... They had a, a player's representative a couple years ago saying that they wanted they they felt like the game was shifting and that eventually they were going to take helmets away. Well, if you take helmets away, you take the spirit of football away. You're playing basically. You got to have helmets. You got to have. You got to have helmets. I mean, it's the most ridiculous thing ever. I mean, what are you going to do when you don't have helmets and somebody decides to knock somebody out and they do it accidentally because of. You know, sheer force and will. I mean, come on. That's ridiculous. And they, they took the kickoff away. So, you know, you could say the NFL is justified because they took the kickoff away. Can't do that anymore. Uh, you you move the extra point back because you want to bring more points to the game and create safety. You could say the same thing about mostly every sport, especially football right now. But baseball, you have a point. Right. Well, you know, uh, you know, all those guys know there's Warren Spahn, Juan Marichal, uh, 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 Sandy Colfax, who you know, who, who paid paid the price for it. But you know, all these all these pitches, they they didn't have closers. They didn't have guys to hold for the closer. You know, this is this this is a ridiculous uh, idea. You know what it does? It creates more jobs. That's what it does. It's all about that creating more jobs. You didn't have enough jobs in baseball. Now you have all these jobs. You have a middle reliever. You have a long reliever. You have a guy that comes in for one in or one batter, throws about four or five pitches. He's out. He's out for the night. I mean, that's the kind of job you want, right? You come in, you pitch to one batter, you throw five pitches, and you're done for the night. Go get yourself a beer. Go home. Right. <laughs> Here's Willie Nelson and Blue Skies. Days hurrying by when you're in love, my how they fly by days. 
all of them gone Nothing but blue skies from now on think that's out of the realm of possibility and Paul George will probably join him. You know, the, the NBA just really makes me mad. It really does. Like, it's just become such a different game these days. You know, instead of players wanting to kill each other, they want to play with each other. And I blame AAU basketball for this. They teach these kids, oh, we got to play with all these superstars. So instead of wanting to beat their friends, they want to join their friends. I, I want the 80s and 90s back again. Uh, you know, I, you know, this guy Silva, I think he's a terrible commissioner. I don't think he can really do anything that David Stern couldn't do at this point. I mean, he came out the other day and said, you know, we're trying to do what we can do with um, making the league more have more parity to it but he said in so many words we can't control how one player can affect it they can't what they could do is that's what i was gonna say he has no he has no control over the league well he doesn't have any control over the league because the league is ran by the players that's the problem the league is right. ran by lebron james the league is ran by kevin durant the league is ran by stefan curry that's the league that is what right. it is what it is okay because at the end of the day lebron james says what goes on the Cavs. Case in point, David Blatt, how long did he last? <laughs> I mean, and that's the way it is. I mean, it doesn't matter. So the only way I could see it is if they do it like the NFL. Like if you're going to lose a LeBron James or a Kevin Durant, you have to give up at least two to three first-round picks. Would that stop teams from doing it? Of course it would. Teams wouldn't do it so much. It's a simple solution, but they don't want to do that. They don't want to do it because at the end of the day, the NBA says they hate it, but they love it. They love that Golden State is there. They love the fact that Cleveland is there because it reminds them of the Lakers and the Celtics. They have their little built-in rivalry. Whether anybody wants to say it or not, 
that is what it is. The NBA loves this. It creates controversy. There are storylines before the year. You have the Kyrie Irving stuff. There's a storyline right there. It makes people want to watch now. The NBA loves it. I don't you know, it doesn't make me want to watch. Well, there's other play, there's other people out there that will watch and there's other people out there that will make you want to watch. I'm going to watch. I'm going to I'm going to watch as much NBA as I can. I mean, I don't watch the whole season because I think the whole season is pointless. Because it comes down to the playoffs and the playoffs are entirely too long. I mean, so my father's my father's coming to South Florida, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jay Cutler. <laughs> That's your boy. You love Jay Cutler. You love yourself some Jay Cutler, don't you? <laughs> I sent out a text to, to some of my friends and relatives about uh, the Dolphins consulting Cutler. <laughs> well, it should be your son, actually, not your father. It should be your son. That's your son down there in South Florida. What do you think about that move by the Miami Dolphins? Is that gonna? I think that was pretty. That's pretty. That's a stupid move. I mean, Cutler's not going to do much for the Dolphins. Well, did you see who they considered? I mean, they considered Colin Kaepernick and Tim Tebow. I thought Tebow played baseball for the Mets in the minor leagues. I didn't think he played football anymore. So why are you trying to sign Tim Tebow when he's not in football shape? I have no idea. (laughs) I mean, Jay Cutler, at least the signing with Jay Cutler... You understand it because he did play. Uh, he, he did play for uh, Adam Gase. He had his best year statistically, but the guy's a turnover machine. I right. mean, he's an absolute turnover machine. And the Bucks are just licking their chops because they play him down there in Miami. Did you see what the Bucks did to him last year in Tampa? I mean, it was a joke. This guy's a terrible quarterback. He he even came out and said he didn't want to play anymore. He had no desire to play anymore he's in the booth and now he gets 10 million dollars for one year 10 million dollars for one year you're that desperate miami you've got no, to be I, kidding me it's, it's not, it's not, they're not just desperate they're stupid well they're stupid and they're desperate but i mean again look at the quarterbacks they considered in the first place not only color but colin kaepernick and, yeah. and <laughs> why, why would any why would any team want colin kaepernick let's put it that way I'll say this: sixteen touchdowns, four interceptions. But the last nineteen games, he's three and sixteen. There was no way in the world they were going to sign Kaepernick with him wearing a pro Castro shirt down there in Miami when all those Cuban people are down. There's just no way they they could have sold that. And the the only thing I could say about Kaepernick is he's got ability, but he's never proven to be a guy that can throw from the pocket. Period. There's, there's nothing I'm saying that nobody else knows. And on top of it, he has never been a good enough quarterback in anybody's system besides Jim Harbaugh. If Jim Harbaugh's the coach or Harbaugh's a coach, he's going to succeed. Anybody else can't do anything with him. Sorry. Right. You're absolutely right. And then on oh. top of it, people say, well, he we can't get a job. Well, he had a job. He had a job with the San Francisco 49ers, and he decided to decline the, the the contract option for $14 million. He walked away from it. 49ers yeah. didn't walk away from it. He walked away from it. Come on. Right. But everything's wonderful in, in San Francisco now. They got they got Pablo Sandoval back, right? <laughs> how fat is he, man? I mean, how how fat is he right now? What is he, 330 pounds? I mean, that... No, no, no. No, he lost a lot of weight. Oh, he did because he left the Red Sox now? You decided... no, he lost a lot of weight. He lost a lot of weight when he played the partial season with the Red Sox. Huh? And he may have, he may have gained it back again since he was since the Red Sox got rid of him. But you know, I mean, they 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 own forty nine million dollars, so that's a lot of eating he can do. What know? a waste! What a waste! What a waste of a contract! That's a shame, and I can understand why the Red Sox would pay it, but it just shows you sometimes free agency doesn't always work out. Yeah. Well, that's. Um, I, I mean, that was was a. Wasn't a very bright move. Also, the the move with David Price wasn't a good move. Look at all, the all the money they're giving David Price. Yeah, you know, it's again, it comes down to market value. They thought David Price could give them something extra in that, that rotation, be the race, and he's seen his best days. Pass him by. When, when you go, when you throw 150 to 200 innings a year, eventually it's going to catch up with you.
And not only that, look at look, everybody's raving about how great uh, Chris Sale is. And here's a guy that that's gets taken out at the sixth inning because he throws 112 pitches. Yeah, well, they just don't want to blow his arm out, I guess, Marv. I mean, this is the way baseball is these days. But 112 pitches, that's an awful lot of pitches. That Does that make him a great pitcher? Well, six innings is a quality start. <laughs> I think I hear some music in the background. This is uh, Marv Cutler saying thanks for listening. Have a marvelous week, and ciao.